Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a kick. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house, sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying. Welcome into the Punt and Pass Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, usually joined alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. But I have a very special guest for everyone today. Yes, later on in the show, I am going to be joined by nine-time Wall Street Journal best-selling author and Fortune 500 keynote speaker, John Gordon. That's right. John has been on the podcast before. He worked with the University of Georgia football team back when Aaron and I played, spoke about positivity, spoke about leadership, has since written so many more books than the Energy Bus, which he taught us about back in 2011. He is extremely accomplished. Follow him on Twitter at John Gordon 11 and on Instagram at John Gordon 11. Check out his podcast as well, John Gordon's Positive University podcast. Go to positiveuniversity.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11, and I've been working on it. My wife, Jackie, has been crushing it. Puntandpass.com will be live very, very soon. Cannot wait to get to John's interview. We're going to talk to him about a little bit of everything. I mean, what's been going on in the world? How has it affected him? He speaks about leadership. He speaks to businesses about building a culture. Things have changed in the past five months, especially in the sports world. He's worked with a number of NFL teams, college football teams, most notably Clemson in recent years. He worked with the Los Angeles Rams when they went to the Super Bowl. He works with the biggest companies in the world. I mean, so much has changed. I am very interested to hear what he is giving as a message to teams, to businesses. What does true leadership look like in 2020? I think it'll be a refreshing conversation, a fun and informational conversation for sure. So be sure to stay tuned for that a little bit later in the episode. A few things I want to touch on. With the football front. I mean, decision day is looming. It's Wednesday, July 29th. All signs have pointed to July 31st or August 1st, being when conferences like the ACC, the SEC, the Big 12 will release their plans, their schedule for what they think the 2020 college football season will look like. Tony Barnhart today tweeted out that the ACC does have their schedule set. They've yet to release it. I would expect the news to break mostly on Friday or before then, hopefully on Friday's podcast, I can give you what I think Uh, in reaction to what they release as far as what 2020 will look like on the college football front. But let's turn our attention to the NFL a little bit. 
so many players and some key players are opting out of the 2020 season. Now, keep in mind, the NFL Players Association and the league agreed to a brand new collective bargaining agreement in March. Good timing before the COVID-19 pandemic hit. And since then, when they've gone back to the table in regards to what training camp will look like, how are they going to go about testing, they opened back up that CBA to revise it and give some players some options about how they individually will go about playing the 2020 season. There was an opt-out clause. Interesting, right? Sort of like how colleges are giving to their student-athletes. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. The SEC came out and kind of stamped their approval on it. If a student-athlete didn't want to play in 2020 because of health issues or personal safety issues, they can sit out, and the school will still, most likely, uh, I would be 99.9% certain, honor their scholarship, and they would not lose a year of eligibility. Turn it to the NFL. If you are a veteran, and if you are at high risk of COVID-19, BMI, obesity, maybe uh, diabetes, high blood pressure, you can forego this season, get $350,000 in advance that you do not have to pay back. Your 2020 contract will roll over to 2021, and you will play from there. So you don't get a season vested. You don't get that 2021 increase in salary if you were due for one, but you sit out. If you're high risk, you get $350,000 for sitting out, and you don't have to pay it back. If you are not high risk, you get $150,000 as an advance. And then in 2021, that 2020 contract rolls over minus $150,000. So essentially... You are paying it back the following year. You do not get that salary increase if you were supposed to on your contract. And since you were not high risk, you get the $150,000 and you will pay it back in 2021. Very interesting. I mean, I think it's the right way to go about it. Some big names, a lot of New England Patriots have chosen not to play in 2020. The deadline will be seven days after this revised CBA is signed. I think as of right now, it has yet to be signed officially. So within the next week or so, guys will have to make the decision, are they going to play or not? Dante Hightower, stud linebacker from Alabama, all-pro and Pro Bowl linebacker with the New England Patriots, really made waves in the news headlines when he said, I'm not playing. Okay, I'm not sure if he's been labeled as high risk or not, but a lot of his teammates followed his lead. I think six to eight New England Patriots are not going to be playing, mostly on the defensive side of the ball, mostly a lot of really good players. Makes you scratch your head. Some conspiracy theorists out there are thinking that Bill Belichick maybe told these guys, hey, take the year off. We don't really worry about 2020, and we get a great draft position in 2021, maybe to signal out Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Okay, that's probably not what's happening. But my question here is this. First, what is high risk? I, I see a lot of guys saying, my wife just had a baby. I'm worried about being at the facility around my teammates, around opposing teams, then bringing it back into my house with a newborn. Would that be considered high risk? I'm not sure. And then the other thing that I'm questioning is about the non-high risk guys, the $150,000 advance that you get this season for not playing, but you're supposed to pay back next season. What if next season you get cut? What if next season you're grinding, they draft over you, you're, you're fighting for a roster spot, and then right before opening week, you get cut? Is that team going to chase down one hundred and fifty grand that you have to pay back? 
I would not think so. I don't think so. Again, I have not read the fine print. Everything I have read does not address this. If you are a fringe guy, if you are a bottom-of-the-roster churn guy, right now, as long as you're not an undrafted rookie who they have said are not eligible for this advance, you can say, I do not want to play in 2020. Give me my $150,000. Sit out the season. Yes, the contract rolls over. Yes, you're supposed to pay it back minus that in your contract the following year. Would you have to pay it back if you get cut and you don't make your salary in 2021? I have no idea. I haven't seen it. I'd love to find out the answer. But again, you could maybe, I wouldn't call it scheme the system or game the system, but it makes you think, would that be an option? Who knows? Going back to college, why aren't you seeing this as much in college? Look, I've said it for weeks. These guys want to play football. They're student athletes. They love the game. None of them expected to get paid when they signed scholarships to play college football. These NFL guys, I mean, Dante Hightower, he's been making a ton of money for years and years. He can take a year off, get his hundred and fifty grand, three hundred and fifty grand, pay the bills for a couple months, and then hopefully everything subsides. There's a vaccine. He's ready to rock and roll in 2021. A lot of these guys who are making the decision, now there has been some rookies who have made the decision, and I think one undrafted rookie is going to forego everything. A lot of these guys are doing okay financially. And if you say, hey, we'll give you 150 grand or 350 grand to be safe for your family, you know, if that's their decision, that's okay. But you're seeing college football players not do this. One, because they love the game of football. Two, because that's why they went to school. Three, they don't want to lose the opportunity to continue to put out good tape and fight for their chance to make it to the NFL. And four, this is what they do. They're football players. That's why you're not seeing a lot of college football players take this decision and say, I'm not playing. They love the game of football. I think you'd be surprised to hear a lot of NFL players say, huh, football's football. I mean, I I enjoy it. It's my livelihood. I pay the bills, but they're not in college anymore. They're not doing this for the love of the game and to hopefully become a professional one day. They are a professional, and a lot of them have great bank accounts. And it, it give them six figures, again, to sit out. It's not a bad deal when you look at it. So hat tip to the NFL. And, and I think it just goes to show you at the college level, these guys want to play. That's why they've been on campus for the better part of six weeks now, getting ready for the season. And hopefully, at the end of this week, we have great news that says they're going to give this thing a shot. And they figured out a way to move forward safely and move forward so everybody can enjoy a fall college football season. One more thing I want to touch on before we get to the John Gordon interview, which I absolutely cannot wait for. On social media earlier this week, and we talked about it with Tron Carter a little bit, Shout out to Tron for no laying up for jumping on Monday's podcast. That was awesome. Hope you enjoyed it. There's this, there's this split on social media, of sports media, and, and how they're covering sports returning. It seems like a sector of sports media, it seems like, that's the key word, based off their tweets, it seems like a sector of sports media is rooting against the return of sports. 
Kyle Brandt said it. NFL Network, good morning football. I think Kyle's great. He said it, got a ton of backfire. Clay Travis, who I know a lot of our listeners follow on social media, he kind of piggybacked off of it and said, you know what? Kyle's right. It does seem like that. Darren Ravel, a little bit of a lightning rod on social media, formerly of ESPN, formerly of CNBC, now with the Action Network. Him and Clay Travis got into an all-out brawl on social media. Now, I won't get into the statistics they were trading, but it was all about does a sector of sports media seem like they are rooting against the return of sports? Now, that in and of itself is a crazy thing to say out loud. Sports journalists' livelihoods, their jobs, depends on the return of sports. But based off their coverage of the return of sports, based off their tweets about the possibility of sports returning, I think it does seem like it. Now, let me tell you how I get there. Their defense, the sports journalist defense, they're so righteous, first of all. They're so righteous. They don't report. They give you their opinion, right? I am not a journalist. I'm a podcast host. I love to give my opinion. I love to hear back from our listeners. I love to have that conversation. But there, the sports journalist defense is we are being pragmatic. We are looking at everything and just reporting the facts. Well, pragmatism would need both sides of the argument, the good and the bad. I don't see any of the good from this sector of sports media. All they do is report the bad. That's all they do. When the Marlins outbreak happened, cancel MLB, cancel college football, cancel NFL, you can't do it. Remember what happened when the MLS got into the bubble? Dallas FC, same thing. They got on a plane. It kind of went rampant. They held off for a couple of weeks. Now they're back in the bubble. There are ways to move forward. If you are pragmatic, you look at both sides, you report both sides evenly, and then you come to a conclusion. When sports media sits there and tells you, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, you can't do it, cancel the season, cancel the season, cancel the season, it's too dangerous, it's too dangerous, that seems like they are rooting against the return of sports. So I agree with Kyle Brand. I agree with Clay Travis. I think a lot of our listeners would agree, too. When you turn on the news, you're not seeing a lot of good stuff. You're seeing a lot of bad stuff. Whatever happened to pragmatism? Whatever happened to saying, yes, here's what bad could happen, but here's what good could happen? Yes, here are the statistics of what could happen negatively, but look at the statistics of what can happen positively. That's where sports media, this sector of sports media, has failed. And that's why the public says to you, it seems like you're rooting against the return of sports. Just bring us both sides, and then maybe it won't seem that way. Seems pretty simple to me. Seems pretty simple to me. Speaking of both sides, let's get positive. Let's talk to one of the most uplifting, one of the most highly regarded keynote speakers and best-selling authors In the world of sports, in the world of business, a good friend of mine, a returning guest on the podcast, he is John Gordon. Please be sure to follow him on social media, at JohnGordon11 on Twitter and Instagram, JohnGordon.com. Cannot wait to get into this conversation. We're going to talk about leadership, culture, what is going on in the world. I think we'll have a great take for everybody to dive into and send us 
into a fantastic rest of our week. So without further ado, let's send it on over to today's guest. Here he is, John Gordon. Okay, let's bring in today's guest, one that I am super fired up for, a good friend of mine, a recurring guest on the podcast. He is a nine-time Wall Street Journal bestselling author, Fortune 500 keynote speaker. He worked with the Georgia Bulldogs football team when I was a senior back in 2011. He's worked with a number of college football teams, professional sports teams, West Point Academy, Fortune 500 companies. He is the man, and what a great time to talk to him. John Gordon joins Punt and Pass. John, how are you, sir? And thank you so much for your time. Drew, I'm doing great. And that Georgia Bulldog experience was one of the most memorable of my life. I still remember coming there. You were a senior, and that was just such a special uh, guys all these years. It's been been awesome. I found that article from the Atlanta Journal Constitution where Mark Rick talked about or work together in the energy bus and the dogs are on the bus and someone, someone sent me this article out of the blue and it was a great trip down memory lane. It really was, man. It's fantastic. And what a unique experience that was because, I mean, we certainly don't forget. I'm sure a lot of fans try to forget. But in 2010, we went 6-7. and seven. We lost to Central Florida in the Liberty Bowl 10-6. to six. And then we start the following year 0-2. We lose to Boise State in the Georgia Dome. And then we drop one to South Carolina. A lot of questions, a lot of negativity was swirling around that program. You know, that senior class, we're sitting there going, man, what the hell is going on? We cannot afford to let Coach Rick go during our senior year. I mean, that would be the worst way to go out. We really worked on what you taught us during the offseason. Get on the energy bus. Get the energy vampires out of there. Focus on the good. It just takes one win. And, man, we started stacking wins. We won 10 games in a row. We won the SEC East. We got back into the SEC championship game. I think it's just a true testament to what you teach to your teams, to your business cultures. It's absolutely fantastic. I still read your books. I still follow you on social media, at John Gordon 11 I urge everyone else to, especially during these unprecedented times. I mean, how is everything going for you personally? Because this is your livelihood, pushing positivity and culture, and man, the world has turned upside down. It really has but it's given me a chance to talk about these principles and how important they are. You know, I lost 90% of my business when COVID hit. I have to admit, I was not very positive when that started happening. And I knew in that moment, I couldn't stay down the negative road. I really had to shift. I had to basically read my own book and follow my own advice and start focusing on the positive. And that's what I did every day. I said, I'm going to win today. I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm just going to win every day. I'm going to do this work. I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to look for ways to to serve others. I reached out to clients. Hey, can I encourage you? Can I help you? Different coaches reached out. Hey, we speak to our team. I did that. And it's so funny. The more I was speaking and doing that with the various coaches and organizations, I was uplifting myself. Like when you give to others, when you help others, it helps you. When you help others improve, you improve. So every day I was having to feed others with positivity, and yet at the same time I was having to live and, and walk in my own advice. And I got to tell you, like it was amazing the things that happened, the calls that I've received, the opportunities that have come my way. But if I wasn't staying positive, these things would not have happened. If I allowed myself to go towards the negative like I wanted to initially, a lot of good things would not have happened. So 
being positive doesn't guarantee that we're going to succeed, but being negative will guarantee we won't. And I think we have to remember that. Absolutely. I mean, 100% agree with you on that. And I think our listeners will find it refreshing to hear you with all of your success and accolades say, it's hard. And I had to work on it myself. And especially with everything going on in the world and the nonstop negativity, it truly does affect everyone. When we talk to people during the Quarantine Chronicles and we talk to many uh, psychologists and mental health experts and doctors, they said the same thing. You have to be cognizant of what you're consuming. You really have to take account of being present. What's that been like, um, really the realization, and how have you been able to relay that message, whether it's to sports teams or businesses, about – Taking action during this transition, Trevor Moad, who I know you know, said, win the weight, right? There is this opportunity to pivot and find success in our quote-unquote new normal. What's your message been like to those teams, to those businesses, as far as what 2020 has looked like for the past five months? It's simple. Every morning you get up, you can rise and shine or rise and whine. Yeah, man. And that's going to determine the kind of day you're going to have. What are you feeding? For me, it's about feeding the positive every day so that way we can feed others. Best advice I ever heard is from Dr. James Gill, the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons. That's a double Ironman, which means you do an Ironman, a day later you do another one. Last time he did it, he was 59 years old. He was asked how he did it. He said this, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. Mm-hmm. He said, if I listen to myself, I hear the fear all the negativity and all the doubt, all the reasons why I can't finish the race. But if I talk to myself, I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. So this is a time each day where we're not going to listen to the negative thoughts. We're not going to listen to the fear. We're not going to listen to social media. Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. So I'm going to focus on the positive. And the more I feed myself, I can feed others. So for me, you can become more during this time, or you can become less during this time. I like win the weight. I think that's a great thing. For me, it's about surviving. So I have to survive as a business early enough. Advance. I have to get better. Remember, March Madness is when this happened. Mm -hmm. Like March Madness in basketball. Survive, advance, adapt. We got to learn. We got to improve. We got to innovate. I have found new ways to innovate doing all these virtual keynotes, virtual Zooms, different ways to reach clients and so forth. We did our first leadership training virtually. We had done a number of physical events. This was our first one. We created a virtual program within a month. Amazing team effort. I got to give my team a lot of credit. Julie Nee, Amy Kelly, Kate Lavelle, like incredible team pivot. And then from the adaption, right? When you adapt, you're able to then thrive on the other side of it. So out of discomfort, we grow. Out of discomfort and being uncomfortable, we find a greater strength and a new resolve to continue to move forward. And then we're able to thrive on the other side of whatever we're going through right now. So I wasn't really looking to, to thrive during this time, but I am looking to adapt and innovate to thrive on the other side of it. And that has really been, been my motto. And I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's work. I didn't expect it to work. I wasn't thinking like, oh, this, this is going to be successful. I just knew it was the only way to move forward. And then to see what happens as a result of that has been really encouraging. And it's been what I, I've been sharing with others. I just talked to a, a guy who owns a restaurant chain, and they're doing really well in spite of everything. I mean, they're doing, like, hold and steady. And he 
saw my podcast on winning today. And he said that became their mindset to win today and win every day. And if you win each day, you're going to win the future. And he said that's been a motto for their company, and it's actually taking them forward. The numbers are great. People are staying positive. They're serving their clients, and they're having success. So Chad Wright, Navy SEAL, he told me, John, most of the guys trying out for a Navy SEAL during Hell Week, they don't make it. And the reason why they don't make it is because they're dreaming it, dreaming for it to be over. They're longing for it to end. The ones who make it are the ones who say, just make it to breakfast. Just make it to midday. Make it to the evening and breakfast again. So they're winning the moment, winning the day. And I think that's the key. And that has to be the approach that we have. Because if you start thinking too much into the future and you focus on the future and you get in the doldrums today, you're going to allow that moment, that feeling, that despair, that negativity to take you down to the depression and despair. And from there, we got to make sure that that doesn't happen. And then we got to rise up. And we're going to go forward. We're going to take action. And we got to do something positive each day to create the future. I absolutely love that. And it's so true that you are living the lessons that you teach during this difficult time. I mean, just hearing you talk about that, the energy bus comes to mind. Obviously, the positive dog comes to mind. Training camp is a fantastic, fantastic book. The coffee bean. People, if you're listening, buy these books. You can read all five of them in a week, and you will probably read them multiple times because they are so good and they're so actionable. And I love to hear you talk about how you pivoted. You lost 90% of your business at the onset of this. What did you do? You took that into account. You survived. You adapt. You achieve. I follow Tony Robbins a good bit. Tony Robbins is on the road, what, 300 days a year, packs stadiums all over the place, does in-person leadership classes. That obviously is not happening. He did a five-day, or I think it was even seven-day, immersive Facebook comeback challenge. I did it. It was awesome. And he essentially said, I am doing this because I love to serve others. And since then, he did a gigantic virtual Unleash the Power Within. It's a testament to guys like you, John, who sit there and say, I'm going to teach and and do what I preach, and then from there, we will be able to adapt. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and you, you, you bring up awesome points that I hope our listeners really are able to put into action. I know they will be able to. When we turn towards football, right, so much of it is covered in, in, in dark light and in negativity, and decision day for the college side is supposed to be at the end of this week. How are they going to go about it? Do they have a safe way to move forward? You obviously work with a number of college and NFL teams. Some guys are choosing to opt out in the NFL, whether it be for safety reasons or other reasons. College, obviously, guys want to play, and they just hope there's a positive and safe way to move forward. My question to you in the sports world is, is what does leadership in 2020 look like? Because there is so much outside affecting measures. How do you stay in the bubble and really have people focus on the good and not necessarily ignore the bad? but focus on the good and move forward to find that success. I think now is a time where we have to focus on the uncertainty. We have to understand that when I say focus on the uncertainty, we have to recognize that this is an uncertain time. And so in the uncertainty and being honest about it and realizing this is where we're living now, like you have to address the uncertainty head on and say, these are uncertain times. 
And as a leader, we have to address these uncertain times. There is nothing normal about this time. We have to make sure that we adapt. We have to control what we can control. We have to lead our teams in the best way possible while listening to their concerns and understanding where they're coming from, knowing that there's not one size fits all. If someone opts out, we have to understand that they have a good reason to. Maybe they have health concerns, family concerns. We have to understand that. There are other people that are not worried about it, and we understand that. So this is not a time to criticize anyone. This is a time to listen to people, hear what they have to say. Leaders listen. Leaders understand. Leaders empathize. And leaders move their teams in a positive direction. So now as a leader more than ever, it really is forcing you to develop great relationships with your team. Doc Rivers, the other day on my podcast, told me that he's having some of the best conversations he's ever had with his team. He said the guys going into the bubble and going into this kind of tournament, so to speak, the ones who win, the team that wins will be the one that is the most mentally tough that there's ever been. Like they should get a special star, a special (laughs) trophy, a special award, because this is going to take an extra special mental toughness and mindset to be able to actually win a championship through all of this. And he said that you have to embrace the uncertainty that you're dealing with, and that is going to reveal true mental toughness. And for me, true mental toughness is knowing that you can't control a lot of things. You can love what you do in the moment. You can love the opportunity to compete. You can love your team. You can love your players. And then every day you can go out there and work to get better. You stay positive. You win today. And if you do that every day, you're going to create success. It sounds so simple, right? And then we say, well, why can't more people do it? Why don't more people do it? And I think it's because of the clutter that comes in, the negativity that comes in. And the five Ds that I wrote about in the garden just came out. We're facing those every day in the battle of our mind. There's doubt. There's distortion, lies that are always coming into our mind. As an athlete, you know that well, right? There's the lies that come in. There's the discouragement that comes in. We don't give up because it's hard. We give up because we get discouraged. There's the distractions that come in. And then there's the division that comes in. And the word anxious literally means divided. The Greek root of that word means And so every day we're facing those five Ds on a daily basis. And if you're not aware of them, and you're not aware of what's going on, the uncertainty and the fear and the doubt and the discouragement and the negativity, you will lose the battle. But if you understand that you're in a battle, then you can win it. And once you understand the enemy's game plan against you and how those five Ds come at you, now you can counter them with a better game plan. And that's what I share. And the way to overcome it is, one, we trust instead of doubt. We speak truth to those lies each day, as Dr. James Gills did, which I shared earlier. We encourage ourselves and others each day. The word encourage means to put courage into. We focus on what matters most instead of the distraction. What matters most? Our relationships, getting better, loving the people that we love and receiving that love and developing the relationships and improving and growing. That's what matters most. We do that every day. And instead of the distraction, instead of the division, we then unite. And for me, unity is God. Like, you gotta, you got to unite now more than ever spiritually with God, the creator of the universe, because that is going to be the source of your strength to get through a time like this. But even if you're not into God, you can unite to yourself, and that's important. Meditate. Find time to, to relax. Practice gratitude. Recharge. 
practice yoga, do things that are going to center yourself and then unite with others. Team is really important. We can't do it alone. This is a time of isolation right now. Mm-hmm. We got to unite with others. And then we got to unite as a country. And unfortunately, there's such division right now that a big part of what's going on is, is, is the battles and the fighting and the negativity and the division. And you can see how if we can havoc on our country, but we can't control that. So what you can do every day is unite with the people around you. And I went to dinner last night with my good friend, Erwin McManus. He's a pastor here in L.A. and had a huge influence in my life. My wife and I went together with him and his wife. And it was just incredible just to get together with an old friend to talk and encourage. And you don't realize how much you need that mm-hmm. until you actually go do it. We sat outside. There's outdoor seating right near the water. So you get in that fresh air. felt very safe, whatever. And we were fine. And by the way, I already I, my son had COVID, so he... He tested positive. Is he okay? And, um, next, yeah, he, he was fine. He's 20. Next thing you know, we're all sick, literally. Uh, I you know, brought it home, which is what happened. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of bad cases. And next thing you know, I was sick for a couple of days. My wife was sick. My daughter was sick. We all got sick. And um, again, I'm not making light of it. I know it's serious for a lot of people. But for me, you know, I, I pretty much, you know, after a day or two, I was, I was fine. And, uh, you know, moved forward. But I feel, like I, I feel like I had it. And I'm pretty sure I did. And we all... Pretty sure we did, and I, you know, you move forward. Glad to hear your son's okay. Obviously, happy to hear that y'all are okay as well. I mean, it's interesting because you talk about the division, you talk about, you know, you're not making light of it, but and we've I've mentioned it, you know, a hundred times on the podcast. Like it, it's so interesting that if you choose to take a positive outlook and and really work on looking everything glass half full people say you're not taking it serious, which of course is not the case. But you're just trying to put it in your head. Hey, you got it. Look, you, you were two days sick and you were good to go. Um, that's just, again, that's that's a discussion for another day. But you mentioned two things. And, and, but for me, but, but for me I, I, I'm, I will never um, I will never minimize or trivialize anyone else. For me, I was not worried, though. For me, yes, sir. I said, I'm not worried about getting this. I'm not going to fear it. That was just my mindset. I don't want to tell anyone how they should feel. But my mindset was, you know what? I got a strong immune system. I'm healthy. I exercise. If it's my time, it's my time. I've lost both my parents. I said, I will, I am not going to live in fear. It doesn't mean you, you live stupidly, yeah. but I'm like, if I get it, I'm not worried about it. And that was my mindset going into it. And then I, I get sick, right? I had a fever one day and then the chest starts to tighten a little bit. So I got, I want to be honest after the chest tighten, I'm like, I'm like, uh oh, uh-uh. hope, <laughs> <laughs> hope this is the worst of it. But in that moment, I'm like, I hope it's the worst of it. And I literally laughed about it because that I had this mindset because I was like, John, you were so confident. But then after that, you know, honestly, I was like, you know what? If this gets worse, it gets worse. If it doesn't, I get better, fine. That was my mindset. And when you're positive, it does strengthen your immune system. Yep. Fear weakens your immune system. And again, I'm, I will never have everyone trivialize it, but in my own mind and my own approaches, I just want people to know, like, that was my mindset. I'm not worried about it. And I am worried for, again, I have friends who are older coaches and they're in their 60s and 70s. And if they're older, yeah, I'd be worried for someone like that. If you're a, you're a young man and you might have a health condition, I'd be worried for that and for them and be concerned. So I think we have to be concerned. We have to be smart. But I'm just saying my own approach was I would go into a COVID ward myself if I can go help people and serve people, and I wouldn't think twice because mm-hmm. I'm not going to live my life. I will not live my life in fear. When you've lost both your parents, you know that time is short. You don't. I don't fear death when you lose your parents. I don't fear death. I truly believe when my time is up, my time is up, 
I'm going to live the most every day. Amen, brother. I, I am right there with you. And again, I'm glad you and your family are feeling better. You mentioned two things there. You mentioned uh, uniting in this time, like Doc Rivers is doing with the Clippers right now. And you mentioned the importance of relationships and, and uplifting one another. Two things that are tough to do right now. Um, I talked to a buddy of mine who's a coach in the NFL, and I was asking him about, hey, what do you think about these former college players who are tweeting about what happened to them back in college or NFL players who are saying that they're not being treated fairly and he told me one thing he said man you better let these guys know that you care about them and you want to build a relationship with them and that spoke levels to me because when I was at Georgia or when I was with the Arizona Cardinals or the Pittsburgh Steelers you better believe that coaches said stuff to me that hurt my feelings but afterwards they put their arm around me and they said hey man we're riding you because we believe in you we're riding you because we know the talent that you have and we're counting on you. And I am so thankful for those experiences because it showed me that tough love is sometimes the best form of love. And when it comes to relationships in a time like this, my wife and I, we had a baby on March 22nd. She did, of course, our second daughter. Two days later, the world gets shut down. We weren't allowed to be around our family. It was tough the first couple of months, but we have since had great conversations. We've had some of the deepest conversations, and we're growing together during this time. You reach out to your friends. You uplift each other. Talk to me about the importance of that. I know you just did a little bit, but from a football perspective, heading towards the season, coaches letting their players know they care about them. A guy that I know, Dabo Sweeney, who you work with very closely, his players came and stuck up for him. And that just goes to show the culture at Clemson, and it goes to show the kind of man he is. And I think that's what's most important right now. Yeah, we saw how the outside world tried to tear apart Clemson and that team. And we saw how there was no way you can do that. Now, did did Dabo say the right words at the right time? No, I think he would probably admit that he wished he would have approached it a little differently, right? Did Drew Brees say the right words at the right time? No, I'm sure he would approach, you know, he would have wished he approached things differently. But you know that Dabo is an amazing human being and a, and a great man who deeply loves and cares about his players. No one can question that. Yeah. No one can question Drew Brees and the kind of man that Drew Brees is, a guy who gives $5 million of his own money to the community before COVID even happened, before anything happened, just to invest in that community, who he'll build it after Hurricane Katrina, a guy who has lived it and breathed it every day, is truly a great human being. Did he, again, say the wrong thing maybe at the wrong time? Yes. So I'm sure he wishes he would have approached it differently. But these are great people who truly care. I think in the long run, that is what matters most, is that people truly know that you love and care about them. And you can see what football programs, what teams, the coach did not have a relationship yeah. with the player. I don't even think it had anything to do with, with race. I think that the coach just wasn't someone who took the time to invest in their players. Yep. So when there's an issue that comes out, you're going to have some division as a result of not dealing with the issues at hand. So the, the, the issues revealed the cracks that are already there. Like Doc Rivers, when he was leading the Clippers and the whole Donald Sterling thing, when Donald Sterling shared those racist remarks, well, Doc Rivers and that team just bonded even more from that, and he approached it in such a human way with the team that they actually stayed together and were strong together. If he didn't have a good relationship with his players during that time, when Donald Sterling said those things, that team would have fell apart. No question. Because he had always been 
But Goody had been communicating with his players, connecting with them, committing to them, showing that he cares. It's four C's. Communicate. Connect. Commit. Care. Since he was doing that, he was able to develop that relationship that withstood the storm that they were going through. So that's what you're saying. Does the coach have a great relationship with their players? Does he invest in them? Does he care about them? And if he does, they're going to withstand the storm that's going, that's happening right now. And let me say, everything that's happening in terms of the light of, of the racial awareness and the issues being brought to light, guess what? It's healthy because it's going to help everyone grow and get better in the long run. It's uncomfortable. But as Doc and I talked about, and I just had Lecrae on my podcast, you're going to have difficult conversations. I had Jay Williams as well. We talked about it as well. You've got to have the difficult conversations. You've got to talk about the issues at hand. We've got to heal what's going on in order to grow. And what a great way to do it, but in sports. So your coach better care about you. And if you're a coach, you better care about your players. And you better invest in them. And if you do, they will have your back. They will be there for you when you're going through a challenge. They will want you to stay on as their coach. When you're in the hot seat, they're going to fight and play harder for you, as you guys did with Coach Rick that year, because he was on the hot side, on the hot seat that year. He was definitely going to be let go if they did not win and have a, have a good season. And so I remember us talking about that. I said, Coach, what happens if it doesn't work? And he said, you know, he's still great. He goes, you know what, John? If I'm meant to coach someone else's kids at another school, yep. then that'll be God's plan. I'm open to whatever God has for me. It was just so real and so true. But he's the kind of guy that invests in his players developed a relationship with them and he made them want to then play harder for them. So yeah, relationships are everything, but you said tough love, but I got to tell you, it's love tough. Yeah, man. I don't call it tough love. I call it love tough. If your team knows you love them, you earn the right to challenge them and push them to be great. But if you lead with tough instead of love, then what happens is the players don't respect you. They don't think you care about them and they will resist you. So you got to have the love first, and then from the love, because you love them, you challenge them to be great. Could not agree more, John. Absolutely. Coach Rick, to this day, I mean, he is the same guy that you saw on TV, that you saw on Saturdays, that you saw on Mondays. He is one consistent man, and I am forever thankful for that. I know you got to get out of here, so give our listeners one last thought process that they can take on throughout this week to make it a great one. Wow, i got to think about it right now. Well, we're all going through struggle. Everyone is dealing with adversity right now. We're all, we're all really going through a tough time and no one is immune from, from feeling down. So I guess I want to say that it's, it's okay to not be okay. You're going to have those moments. We're all going through that, but just don't stay there and don't allow yourself to be taken down that spiral staircase of despair and depression. Find ways to feed yourself every day, to lift yourself up, look for ways to encourage others. As a team, reach out to someone and say, how you doing? Are you struggling? I spoke to a college team, Division One powerhouse, and a couple guys admitted that they felt isolated. They felt alone. They were struggling mentally because I talked about this. And, man, it gave everyone an opportunity to, to wrap their arms around them, even virtually, to be there for them. And no longer did they feel alone and isolated sharing that. So someone you know is going through something and not necessarily talking about it. So reach out to that person and let them know you're here for them, listen to them, encourage them, be there for them. And of course, if you need that advice, if you need that help, reach out to someone and tell them you're struggling too. And trust me, people are going to, are willing and want to right now be there for you. And this is the time that we got to be there for each other because no one creates success alone. 
we are better together. And then together we accomplish amazing things. We got to do it together. Absolutely, my man. I absolutely love it. Thank you, John, so much for your time today. Everybody follow John on social media at John Gordon 11. Check out johngordon.com and buy some of his books. It is actionable advice for sure. John, great talking to you. Thanks again, my man. Hey, thanks, you. Appreciate you. Love following your career. Love what you do with the podcast. And um, yeah, if you want to find me, it's J-O-N Gordon. Remind him of that. J-O-N Gordon. Just uh, spell a little differently. But I've uh, appreciated our friendship over the years and, and meeting you and, and Rennie and, and Malcolm Mitchell and keeping in touch with the guys from Aaron White. It was really one of the great moments getting to know you guys back then and still having the relationships to this day. So God bless. Likewise, brother. God bless. Thanks again, John. Have a good one. So great catching up with John Gordon. Follow him at John Gordon 11 on Twitter and Instagram. It's J-O-N Gordon, as he just said, J-O-N-Gordon.com, PositiveUniversity.com. What a fantastic conversation. If you were to have that conversation professionally, that would probably cost you over $1,000. So you are welcome. John is the man. Thank you so much for his time. Fantastic, fantastic guy. And I promise you, buy his books. I have most of them, if not all of them. They are fantastic reads. They are so easy to read, and they got such actionable advice. I think everybody can appreciate that interview during this time. That's what we do here on Punt and Pass. So follow John. Follow me, at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Murray 11 We are at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram, puntandpass.com. Renewed and revamped, coming out soon, and hopefully... We are firing up another podcast on Friday with some updates as to what the 2020 college football season is going to look like. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you then. See you.